We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So over the course of a grueling 17-game season, sometimes winning ugly football games gets it done. Yeah, but national sports talk host Colin Cowherd thinks that Lamar Jackson isn't allowed to win such games without facing unfair criticism. I'm Bobby Trossett with Sarah Ellison. It's Wednesday, October 12th, and this is your morning Ravens vault. Devin DuVernay got a taste of the Debo Samuel experience Sunday night. We'll take a closer look at his role in the running game while he also stepped up as the number one wide receiver in Rashad Bateman's absence. Plus, after torching Mike McDonald and the Ravens last month, former NFL head coach and defensive coordinator in Baltimore, Rex Ryan, gave credit where credit is due. We have all of that and more coming up. Thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news in just 15 minutes. All right, Bobby, so far this season, the NFL has seen some ugly, low-scoring games, and one that immediately comes to my mind is that Colts-Broncos clunker on Thursday Night Football last week. We all know Andy prevailed in overtime, but the final score was 12-9. to And while the game nearly redefined ugly, it goes down as a win for Matt Ryan and the Colts, and that's really all that matters. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm not going to ever get those three hours of my life back, but I guess I see your point. And Sarah, in all seriousness, this brings us to something that Colin Coward hit on this week. And stop me if you've heard this before, but it has to do with Lamar Jackson and a double standard that seems to be following him. Lamar, as far as I can tell, is the only quarterback in the National Football League. He is the only one that is not allowed to win ugly. Lamar Jackson misses. Even when Lamar Jackson wins, if he misses an open guy, I told you, he can't throw it in the pocket. Right now, Lamar Jackson has 10 touchdown passes from the middle of the pocket. That leads the NFL. He's fine. He's fine as a thrower. In fact, better than fine, especially when throwing to Mark Andrews. The Ravens spend the least amount of money in the NFL on wide receivers. (laughs) And he's doing just fine. 
but everybody else is allowed to win a game and be ugly or choppy and throw a pick and look disoriented or have a bad half. Not Lamar. He's got to play flawless. Bobby, this is one of the many reasons why Lamar is such a fascinating guy. It wasn't all that long ago during his rookie season that Cowherd himself was a huge doubter of number eight's abilities at the NFL level. In fact, Cowherd initially contributed to this double standard himself, but at least he isn't doubling down like some others are doing. He's admitted the errors of his ways. And now, Coward is going out of his way to protect Jackson from some unjustified criticism. Yeah, and Sarah, that's not all Coward had to say. He wasn't just done there. Listen to this. With a minute left in the game, not many people in football I like better than Lamar Jackson. His feet won that game. And Burrow's arm almost won that game. But it's okay. It's a sign of a really good team and a really good quarterback when you don't have your fastball. You just don't have it. You're just missing it. And you look up in the seventh inning and you've allowed four hits in one run. That's, that's Kershaw in his prime. He doesn't have his best stuff for all 27 starts. And, and, and Lamar and, and Joe Burrow were uneven last night. That's what happens in division games when everybody in the ballpark knows exactly what you do. They see you twice a year. You've seen them now eight times. There's, you're not fooling anybody in these division games. Like, you know, that's why it's low scoring. But it's like Lamar is winning these games. Give him credit for it. And he's now 40-14 and 14 as a regular season starting QB since taking over for Joe Flacco in 2018. Sarah, I find this discussion to be super interesting because greats like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, you name it, part of their greatness was and is finding a way to win those scrappy, less-than-stellar games, especially in crunch time. Why isn't Lamar Jackson allowed to? It seems like this is just the latest Lamar treatment that's trendy for those who made up their minds on number eight a long time ago and refused to wake up and smell the roses for what's happening right now. Yeah, and to tell you, I am 100% in agreement with you and in agreement with Cowherd on this one. But I would just like to add one other element to this kind of Lamar dynamic that always just seems to get more polarized. In an effort to protect Jackson, it's important, very important, not to conflate honest, good-faith criticism of Jackson's play with the gotcha type of criticism that's meant to prove he's not a legit quarterback or doesn't deserve a record contract. Don't conflate those two groups of people. And what I mean by that is fans should be able to say Jackson, for example, missed a wide-open Tylen Wallace Sunday without being said back to them that they're a Jackson hater. That only is true, though, as long as whoever's criticizing him on that single play isn't using it to undercut Jackson as a respected passer. That's well said, partner, but still to come here on The Vault, Ravens wide receiver Devin Duvernay is that dude, and he deserves to be treated as such on this podcast. Stay tuned. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, Sarah, we got to be talking about Ravens wide receiver Devin Duvernay more, and we're about to in this topic. Not only has he smashed the narrative that Baltimore does not have a number two wide receiver on this roster, but in Sunday night's game, he took things to an even higher level. Everybody's talking about him. Let's do it here. Yeah, Bobby, he not only continued his play as a Pro Bowl returner, but he stepped up as the number one wide receiver while Rashad Bateman was still nursing that foot injury. And Duvernay finished by catching five passes for 54 yards. And if that wasn't enough, Duvernay was also featured in the running game with running back Justice Hill sidelined. And Duvernay was successful there, too. Now, I'm not going to say that Duvernay was in a full-on Debo Samuel mode, but the Ravens did design some plays that had Duvernay inching closer to that Samuel role. Yeah, and Sarah, what was also nice to see was how offensive coordinator Greg Roman used Duvernay's speed to stretch the field horizontally and also get him into space in some situations. He's run the ball before, but this week he actually set up in the running back position from which he picked up a first down, a 12-yard sweep. That's creativity right there. And more importantly, too, it helped set up runs up the middle for Lamar Jackson on read options. Yeah, Duvernay finished with three carries for 24 yards. And with the way John Harbaugh was raving about him, something tells me, Bobby, that he's going to get more looks as a runner. Impacting games. You know, that's probably the difference. He's really impacting games now in, in a big way with the return game in the past, but now he's still doing the return game. But uh, in the passing game, he's just coming up with plays and, and running the ball and some of our read option stuff. You know, he's a guy who's, uh, you know, part of the read and sometimes he gets it and sometimes he doesn't. Then he's in the passing game. He's moving around, motioning. just doing a lot of great stuff for us. Now, we're all looking forward to the point, and it'll come sometime, that the Ravens will get both Bateman and Hill back on the field. Plus, we know Gus Edwards is expected to make his season debut in the next couple of weeks. But even when they come back, when they're all back and they're all healthy, I want to echo this sentiment from the Athletics' Jeff Zriebeck. I'm quoting here. Beyond tight end Mark Andrews, Duvernay was the Ravens' top available playmaker Sunday. Offensive coordinator Greg Roman had every reason to find ways to get the ball in Duvernay's hands. Even when Bateman and Hill are back, the Ravens should go into every game with the idea of Duvernay being involved early and often, close quote. All right, Bobby, it was just last month that Rex Ryan absolutely blasted the Ravens after their historic fourth quarter collapse to the Miami Dolphins. This is not your dad's Baltimore Raven yeah. defense. In fact, over the last 19 games, this is the worst pass defense uh, in the National Football League. They don't close out games anymore. You've got Tyreek Hill, the fastest man in the National Football League, and Waddle's right there with him. Guys were past your defense. How the hell is that possible? But just put a dang guy on the goal line even. 
But nobody can, you can't allow this. You're up 21 points. This is the only way you're going to lose the game. And guess what? Congratulations, Baltimore, you did it. But your, your pass defense is horrendous. You've got Pro Bowl players out there, and they're still horrendous. And they don't know what the hell they're doing. Schematically, there's something wrong with this team. They can't finish games anymore. It used to be we're up, just like Ryan, too. We'd be up seven points, game, set, match, done. They're up 21 and lose this game. Yeah. I question going into this game, would Greg Roman have the answers for their defense? He did. He passed it with he flying did. colors. Did. However, their defense, this new hotshot coordinator is terrible. Oh, man. What a difference a few weeks makes, huh? Sarah, as we mentioned in episode number 74 Sunday night, Mike McDonald's defensive game plan in part featured a too high shell, which meant two safeties were tasked with defending the deep end of the field, taking Cincy's deep ball threats away from Joe Burrow. Baltimore essentially dared the Bengals to run the football, and while Joe Mixon had success doing so, Mike McDonald and the Ravens were willing to live with it. They deserved that kind of high praise from Rex Ryan. And my goodness, what a difference a few weeks makes, like I said at the top. Yeah, for sure. And Bobby, one thing we also discussed at length in the days leading up to the Sunday night football was how Baltimore would attack Cincy's three-headed monster of Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins. Well, put Higgins aside since he was a non-factor due to injury, but when Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, when those two guys alone matched up with Chase and Boyd, the Bengals playmakers combined to log just 19 yards and zero touchdowns on four targets. Yeah, that corner duo being back and healthy is a problem. Sarah, it makes me think of what Jeff Zarebeck also wrote this week for The Athletic. This is the Jeff episode, apparently. But specifically speaking to Juice Man's efforts on Sunday night. Here's Jeff. Quote, Peters spent much of the game talking trash to Bengals players, working the referees, and exhorting his teammates. It was a fine line he was walking as he seemed to be flirting with a taunting or unsportsmanlike conduct penalty throughout. But the Ravens' defense needs his energy and swagger. Harbaugh knows it, too, which is why the predictions that Peter's outburst would get him benched or jettisoned were always laughable. Harbaugh loves Peter's passion and intensity. Obviously, he wants him to channel it in the right direction. Peter certainly did that on Sunday close quote. Oh man, that's good stuff from Jeff. And I know we're both in agreement with him here and it is just well-written. And while I don't really like when players and coaches go after each other on the sideline, especially in front of all the cameras, like what happened in that final moments, of the bills game, I get that emotions were running high. And in the end, they seem to have handled it internally and are moving forward. But if there's one thing that's for sure, that incident didn't affect juice man's play at least not in a negative way. If it affected him, it was in a positive way because he led the charge for what became a significant bounce-back defensive performance-wise. I'll tell you what, that Marcus Peters is a player now. Huh? He is a dog. He can play. I love that dude. Look at him. And before we jump, some other quick news items you need to know, beginning with the Ravens officially placing $70 million free agent signing and safety Marcus Williams on injured reserve. His dislocated wrist is not a season ender, but Harbaugh said Williams will miss a significant amount of time. Williams is tied for second in the NFL with three interceptions this season and leads Baltimore 
with five passes defense. Also, the Ravens are five-point favorites over the Giants, according to Caesar Sports. That's quite an odd to the Ravens, seeing as New York has a 4-1 record and is the home team. Also, ESPN's Get Up crew was gushing over Justin Tucker's game-winning field goal. So the Ravens run it down to three seconds. Justin Tucker, this is his 17th NFL attempt in the final minute. He is now 17 of 17 for his career. He's the most perfect football player that's ever lived. He, uh, there are very yeah. few kickers in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean, Justin Tucker absolutely should be there when his career is he's over. He's going to be a first, first ballot, ballot yeah, he should Hall be. of Famer as a kicker. That thing literally went right down the middle <laughs> of the uprights. 43 yards for the win and a huge one for the Ravens who need it. And finally, Dan Orlovsky thinks that not enough credit is going to Greg Roman for his play call on what became the Ravens' game-winning drive. Roman went with a QB power read that ended up springing Lamar Jackson for a wide-open lane that got him a 19-yard run, a first down, and got Justin Tucker in field goal range. Probably one of the best, if not the best, calls from all this weekend that's not getting enough attention is this one by Greg Roman, offensive coordinator for Baltimore, with like a minute left on the clock to basically win the game. I mean, think about this two-minute play call. The ball gets snapped right around the 45-yard line, and you're obviously anticipating some type of coverage commitment from Cincinnati, either pressure, all-out, or coverage commitment. And what he does is he calls quarterback zone power, essentially. To make this play call in this moment is absolutely spectacular and steps ahead of what the defense is going to do. Hats off, Greg Roman. That is a phenomenal play call. Given the situation, you got the perfect play call given what Cincinnati did against you and ends up winning the game. Well done. Thanks for listening to the Morning Ravens Vault. We created our show to keep you plugged into all things Ravens. If you've been enjoying our content, please tap that follow button and share it with a friend. We can also be reached by email via BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. And as of last month, the Ravens Vault podcast is now available on YouTube. Consider subscribing to our channel ahead of week six. By the way, we are closing in on 1,000 total subscriptions. We'd love for you to help us get to one of our early goals. All you have to do is simply search Ravens Vault podcast on YouTube. All right. That is all the time we've got today, but we will be back Thursday with the Ravens news you need to know. So if you or someone you need is interested in advertising on our podcast, hit us up at BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. And as always, thank you for listening to The Ravens Vault. Ravens Vault.